Beatrice. And I'm Dante. And this is Cheating on Fear. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. So what did we get up to last night? (laughs) Well, just like so many people, uh, we got sucked into the vortex that is um, Indian matchmaking on Netflix. I don't know how much of a vortex it is. I don't know. What did we do? What else did we do? It's kind of like a sink emptying quickly. Because you could easily escape that, I feel. We didn't. Well, we didn't because because we were curious to see if we were going to get answers to to everything that was being set up. Yeah, we like we like neat little packages tied up in bows at the end, and like, and everybody lived happily ever after. That's yeah, what we're looking like for, like the Filthy Rich documentary. <laughs> oh my god! Also, one that doesn't give any answers. No. No. Okay, but this is happier than Filthy Rich. Uh, Only slightly. I think it's happier, more than only slightly. Well, I think it's interesting because um, when you look at, for me anyway, it makes me look at the way we do relationships and mate selection and marriage and family and careers and education and you know, self-betterment. It, like, it's a lot. So for anybody who hasn't been hit over the head by the <laughs> adverts when they open up their Netflix account, what is Indian Matchmaker? It's, I'm, it's literally an Indian Matchmaker. Such an enigma in the title. Yes. It's like you have no idea what they're talking <laughs> about. Um, they lovingly call her Auntie Seema. Yeah, because in, in from Indian... From Mumbai. Yeah, I'm hello. I'm Seema from Mumbai. That's how uh, she introduces herself to everyone. Because in Indian culture, uh, respected adults are aunties and uncles. That's, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so she works with affluent Indian families. Yes. All over the world, it looks like mostly yes. in India and the U.S. That's what it. That's what the, where the show followed clients. Yeah. yeah. And um, they're usually hired by people's parents, young men and women's parents. To try and find them a husband or a wife. A partner. A life partner. A life partner. They do call them life partners, don't they? Which also sounds like there's room for homosexual relationships, but... No, I don't think so. Not so much? No. I mean, we'll get into the issues. There there might be a few guys looking for beards on... on... I felt like there were a couple of of the... I think maybe just one person that was supposed to be looking for a wife that we're like... "Eh." He, he seems, doesn't seem he's picky super for a reason. interested, yeah. Because none of those women come with penises. But what, <laughs> which, you know, and when we get into sort of the, the issues that that are raised or mirrored, I guess, in, in this series, um, that certainly is one of them. Um, I can't even imagine, you know, wanting to live your own life and not wanting to settle down and getting married at 25 is one thing, one way to slowly kill your parents, but... You know, to to be anything other than heterosexual and wanting to procreate is just absolute heresy. So that I mean, it's pretty heteronormative show. I think, but I think that that I think that fairly accurately reflects the culture in which well, the and, show is operating. And that's why it's. I mean, the the show has taken quite a bit of flack. Is it? I didn't. I mean, there's a quite a bit of backlash, and I mean, you noticed some of the things we talked about. Some of the things as we were watching the show, and um, but it's defended. You know, the defense is we're not we're not endorsing, or we're just holding up a mirror to. 
This is how things are going. This right. is what's happening. It's a reality show. And yeah, just like any other reality show, you know, there's some clever editing and some cliffhangers and some, you know, yes. emotional hostage taking mm-hmm. of the audience. But um, but it's holding up a mirror and 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 it these what I like about watching a show with a doctor of anthropology like you are we can go a little bit deeper into the issues and some of the things some of the conversations that come out of watching these shows we don't we're not just you know passive consumers of this type of of programming we like to dive in and and now we have this great platform to do that so (laughs) (laughs) so how would you characterize auntie Seema then how, what would you say about her? Well, you said it best when you said that she was basically like a professional busybody. Mm-hmm. Like she's one of these women that I'm sure all of us have in our life, kind of in the older generation, that just kind of has their nose in everybody else's business. And that's basically what she's doing. She's constantly on the lookout mm-hmm. for eligible men and women to add to her like old school pen and paper database little dossier yeah and then and then she has dozens yeah it made you crazy that she didn't have a spreadsheet an excel spreadsheet i know because she's like (laughs) when they they show the scene where she's with her husband and they're like oh this one's married we can't do that i'm like you know control f or command f in (laughs) excel would give you the search like a search box and you could Mm. very easily or just sort all that stuff Mm. but whatever she's been doing it and and she has her system she has every system and I couldn't and she's apparently does very well, well enough that, you know, a documentary bought by Netflix followed her well, around. She probably does a lot better now and she will do a lot better now. What's interesting, you were looking up to try and find out what her rate was. Yes. And you can't find it. No. And why was that? It, well, I was trying, I didn't delve too deeply because we were still in the middle of mm. watching it's eight episodes mm-hmm. they range about 40 minutes yeah they're about they average about 35 40 minutes so the last episode's a lot shorter than that uh and so we were about halfway through and i didn't want to i didn't want to like get any spoilers right but basically her system is like whatever the wedding budget is she right. takes she bases her figure on whatever the wedding it's budget is it's a flat is. rate it's a it's a flat rate based on prorated to the the yeah. The price so if, of the if you've got a million dollar wedding budget, she's probably getting like I don't know. What do you think? Ten grand, twenty grand? I have no idea. I mean, what would you play pay a wedding planner for? Something I don't know like if there's that? anybody out there who knows what matchmakers are making these days. What Indian matchmakers are going for these days, charging it, the rates? Or if you have used a matchmaker? Yeah. Um, what? Okay. Let us so know. what I found interesting was. Um, because we'll talk about um, some of the characters and the men and the women and some of the the issues with them, <laughs> but I found she I I found her such a fascinating character because she she has her script that she uses with everyone and you would see that every time she met with mm-hmm. a new family or a new um, a new person and she would ask them what their criteria was and. But like she, a checklist. Of- she would tell so much. She'd be able to tell so much by just talking with them, even if it didn't have anything to do with their criteria. She could tell things about them that they didn't say to her or that right. they maybe didn't want her to know. And she was like, oh, this is going to be rough because <laughs> this person's a pain in the ass. Like she, And she also has like this little 
army of of people that she brings in right. to play different roles. So she has an astrologer, I believe. Yeah. She has a face reader. Yeah. She has a life coach. All of those are in India, and then she had yes. an astrologer in America. Yes, for that's one right. of the one of the women. And what I had said to you is that <laughs> um, she seems to outsource to other people to tell her clients how stubborn and annoying they are. Yeah, when and it's not they- <laughs> going to be possible. The yeah. face reader is like, they're not going to be a match. Yeah, don't like, worry. Yeah, no. Wrong with them. no, but like, it's like there was one where um, that that one chick that was really, really difficult to match. And the um, the astrologer comes in and basically says, you know, like, you're stubborn and obstinate and but your time is coming so you know what you better like get ready and do some work on yourself she was like oh shit okay oh yeah no lord jupiter is driving the bus yeah (laughs) and that he can drive for a long time like maybe even 16 16 years years. (laughs) but pretty soon lord venus is gonna take over and And then you'll be be good to go and that's gonna be uh june 19th yeah (laughs) Like six weeks away from whenever yeah, he so was there. So get your shit together. You basically. got six weeks to sort it out. Yeah, and and it was sort of she, you know, she would get frustrated with some of these people and just be like, "Ugh, I need to send them to someone else for them to tell them what a big pain in the ass." Yeah, because I can't deal with this. I shit can't anymore. deal with the shit, and and you know, she has to have a certain um, rapport with her clients and her clients' families and. And uh, so she's like, I'm outsourcing this shit. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling them. Um, so that was kind of interesting, and an, an interesting little group of players that that she would employ every once in a while to try and help that along. So, what would you say? Um, I'm going to ask you, what were some of the issues with some of the male clients that she had? What did you? Were there anything? Was there anything you noticed about them? I, not growing up in, like, that Hindu-Indian culture, it seems strange to me that the f- multi multiple generations live in the same household. Mm-hmm. That if you have a daughter, they leave. Right. And if you have a son, he stays and his wife moves in. Right. Especially and, if you have money. Yeah. And the the mother of the of the, the, the new couple, mm-hmm. the mother in law or the mother, basically runs the mother of the son. The mother of the son runs everything. Yeah. Do you do you um are you aware of how that usually works when you have matrilocal versus patrilocal societies? Because I did do some reading. There's some stuff in um Wednesday Martin's book Untrue about the difference between matrilocal and patrilocal. So matrilocal is when the male comes and and lives with the the woman's family. Okay. Versus what you just described where the woman goes and lives with the man's family. Okay. And the the opportunities and statistics for abuse go up substantially. In the patrilocal model. When the woman leaves her family to go to her new husband's family. Right. Because she has no support. Right. And 
universally it's And I'm not saying I'm not saying that there's just like rampant abuse no. in that culture. I'm just saying that there's been good research to show that when women are kind of sent off out of their their support um network of friends and family and uh, both male and female and go and and live with their husband's family um it's a little bit more dangerous for them on the show most of the women were living in america yes and most of the men were living in india yep that they were that were trying to be matched by by Sima Anti. So what did you notice about the men that were living in India? Well, the ones that were living in India seemed to have that very traditional Indian where like the like one of the one of them like one of the really wealthy ones was like I kind of want my wife to be just like my mom and <laughs> and his his older brother when he got married like she bragged to her friends that her old, uh, eldest son came to her and was like you know, mommy, can you buy clothes for her? Can you tell her to do this? Can you show her that? Can you do all these? That was a cringy moment. That was you a you made bit. that eh, face. Yeah, but I mean, like, they had so much money. They had so much money. Like, the, actually, exceptionally the, the, large amounts of money. The the son that they were trying to marry off, um, he, he went to MIT. Yeah, he States. went to Boston. He was yeah. Boston educated. And he was just like... I had to do all these things for myself, like for the first time in my whole life. Like I had to make my own bed, and I had to like, like find what? out how to get food. Yeah, and he doesn't <laughs> he didn't just know how to get he food. doesn't just call Bopinder over yeah. to like to to yeah. give him some food. So I felt like the men uh, were playing the game really well. They had been pampered a lot. You of think their that lives. was conscious? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they had their families had a lot of money. They had great jobs. They had, in many cases, um, UK or US education. Yeah, almost all of them. Almost all of them had gone to school in England or in the States. Yeah. They had come back. They were enjoying the spoils of that. They had great jobs, either with their family business or in their own businesses. And I really got the impression, because, um, oh, I want to make a distinction between arranged marriages and the love marriages right and so she doesn't make that that distinction in india there's marriage and there's love marriage there's no arranged marriage yeah like arranged marriage of, is and one of the statistics that i saw was that 90 percent of marriages in india are quote-unquote arranged right however unlike the generation before the millennials that they were dealing with mostly millennials um the participants the, the couple getting married had no say at all some of them never even saw each other until the day of their wedding. The parents. The parents. That's what I said. The generation right. before the millennials that were sort of in the show. Right. Their parents had no say. But now these guys on the show. But now they have a say. They they can refuse. And they and they say, no, I, you know, try again. And so. And so, one of them refused a lot. A lot. Of potential both matches. Of the, both of them. Both of the, the, the guys in India that had done quite well for themselves had refused like upwards of 70, 80, 100 or more choices. Yeah, they said proposals and I didn't know if that was like I don't know what that means. our daughter wants to marry him or just we would like to be considered uh, yeah. as part of the process. They didn't really, they didn't really um, define that really well. But I felt like they were just like, no, 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 no. And that's, you know, it was like they were on Tinder and just swiping left on, on all these 
what did they call them? Biodatas? Yeah, they, which were basically just biographies. They were resumes so, yeah, with a picture. Yeah, a picture with like vital stats and some descriptions yeah. and a bit about their their education. Yeah. And and that was it. And then they would get these like two-page documents. Yeah. Sometimes Sima Auntie would, would give them multiples. Yeah. To pick from. And then other times she would only give them one at a time. And that was something else again. Like I, I admired how she she's very... Um, I don't. I want to say calculated, but that sounds like a manipulative. And she was a little bit. She could tell by the personalities of the people she was dealing with, people that could handle having a choice, and people that couldn't handle having a choice. Right. All at once. So there were some people. It was like you get one, mm. and you you tell me how you like that one. You're a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> not going to deal. I'm not going to deal with you crapping all over my choices. Yeah. So I'm going to give you one. At a time. And, and and the men just seemed like they were hacking the system to be like, my family has their pants on fire for me to get married. I'm really not ready or I'm not into it. So I'm just going to go, yeah, okay, take the path of least resistance and say, no, 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 I didn't click with this person. I don't like this person. I don't, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I can't make a big mistake. This is the biggest decision <laughs> of my life. And meanwhile, you know, one of one of these mothers, she's got a portable blood pressure cuff that she takes everywhere with her in the house. And every morning she like takes her blood pressure in front of her kid and goes, look, you're killing me here. Yeah, I'm looking at my blood pressure. Like, look, like you know, and, and there, there is a tremendous amount of pressure put so even, even though they can quote unquote say no, <laughs> there's still like blood pressure machine test, mom. Yes, it could it, they're still putting pressure? I on mean, their, she, on their she children. Put the, she put the screws to him every single day. It oh, seemed man. like, and when you don't have your own place, it's a little difficult to get get away from. What about the women? So overall. The women. Like you said, most of the most of the women were in the U.S. I think all US, of the women were in U.S. Well, there was the one who owned the denim fashion company. Oh, that's company. right. Yes, you're right. She was Indian. Yes. That's and right. then they introduced. No, I think the one they introduced right at the very she end was, was in, it was in it was in the was U.S. In the States, yeah. But all of them, all of the women, whether they were in India or in America, they were all very successful or at least had professional careers because mm-hmm. there was the one. No fun again. Who lawyer? Who just basically? Mm-hmm. She's been a lawyer for ten years and spent ten years trying to figure out how to not be a lawyer. <laughs> like she just didn't like anything. Um, so I don't know how successful she is in her in her career as a lawyer. Well, but she's I mean, a lawyer. It went was to allowing law school. her to travel and do yeah. it. I mean, she had she had done the school thing and done. And it seems like the families of those women were very supportive of them establishing their careers. That was one thing that really surprised me. Yeah. And that's, that's, and, I shouldn't say that. Not surprised me, but just they were, you're right. They were very supportive of them getting an education and having their own career. And, and by the time they got into kind of their late 20s, early 30s, then the pressure started like, all right, come on now. And in some cases, it's like, well, you're the younger brother and your older brother can't have kids until the younger brother's married because, you know, they want to have fun at your wedding. They want to have fun at your wedding. And they can't if if she's knocked up or they've got a kid (laughs) or something. So, like, it seems like they are given a little bit of of latitude to kind of figure out what it is that they want to do before familiar responsibilities kind of come back. I, okay, I had a little bit of a different take on about the women. Okay. And I feel like the pressure that they get is a little bit more layered. How so? 
because their parents want them to be educated and have careers and but it's almost like they want that to enhance their suitability. Okay. Okay. And so the idea that they have all of this so that when they are presented to a potential husband, they go, oh, wow, look at that. She's, she's got this and this and this. She's got but an then, MBA. But then what's supposed to happen? What's supposed to happen after they get married? She's going to be expected to give all that up and have the babies know. and take care. What? I don't know. No, because I think from those families that are extremely wealthy, I feel like there would be support in child rearing that would allow the woman to continue her career after maternity leave. I feel like that would be possible. They weren't all super wealthy families. No, but also there was also the possibility. I think a lot of the families, too, with these women, you know, they had that time to get their careers and they also had that time to like date and go on apps and have a love marriage. Yeah. But that didn't happen. And so now you still got to get married. So now we're going to try this other way of doing things. But, but this, this, this frames one of the biggest conundrums I think that mo- modern women have today. Is that they want it all, but they can't have it all at once. Because right. society and biology are at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. And culture, you throw culture in there too. And the pressures on women, you have to be and do and have all of these things, the education, the career, the, the credentials, the travel, the the hobbies, the right? Yeah. And then you become a wife. So you do all those things just to get a good husband. Right. Like that, that one girl that was in India and she went to see that uh, there was another matchmaker because she was in a different city than Seema was. Mm-hmm. So she went to a different matchmaker and basically this matchmaker had said to her, well, you know, you get this husband, you, you know, you, you meet, you marry your husband. And then if he wants to move to Timbuktu for a job, like you got to flow with that. And she was like, um, no, like we'd have a discussion and then the matchmaker goes, yeah, you'd have a discussion, then you'd go to Timbuktu. Yeah, you talk about moving to Timbuktu. <laughs> yeah, That's and, what you and, do. And, and you could see this sort of, okay, hold on. And, and again, I felt like a lot of them hadn't really sat down and thought whether they really did want to get married and have kids and do all that stuff or not. It was about, well, you know, you and I talk a lot about this life script mm-hmm. that you're supposed to follow. And... A lot of people don't stop to think whether that's what they really want their life to look like or not. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of these young women who have had all these wonderful opportunities and then all of it is supposed to just stop because now they're a wife and expected to be a mom to, you can't just have one kid, got two kids, three kids, four, however many. Mm-hmm. And how difficult is that? to pull yourself out of your career for whatever length of time. And so much of what you've built and worked for is then lost or you have to make it back up again. And so I felt like there were a few women who seemed to me like they were just doing it because A, of familiar familial pressure. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, okay, you've had your education and your travel and your fun you're almost 30 it's time to get serious (laughs) or 
their own pressure on themselves where it's like, well, I did all this stuff. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be alone anymore. All my girlfriends are moving on. All my girlfriends are getting married and having kids and, and I'm left here and I have no one and I'm lonely. And, and, and then there was only one woman, that one woman that was in India that had the, the garment Garment business business that, and it was after she went to the life coach, it seemed like where she went, you know what? This is not what I want right now. Well, I the, want to focus on me and my career, and I'm happy where I am. I don't need all of that. And then there was yeah, there was another one in America, another woman, the Punjabi uh, Sikh woman, who ended up going on Bumble and meeting a, a, a Sikh, Sikh man guy. Yes, that's who's, right. who had a child and was divorced, which was her situation as well. Yeah. Um, so they, they weirdly, neither of those ultimately benefited from the services of a matchmaker. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that they did because well, I, I think that I think that they both said, well, the one the one that was the one in, in India, India, she did the say garment that designer. It, it it caused her to take a good look at right. herself and do an assessment about confront what she wanted. some of her yeah, issues. And, yeah, and so I don't think that it's I don't think that it's it was a waste, um, but I also think that she. Simo would get people to take a look at themselves because there was that one chick that that pain in the ass chick who was like I am not going to change anything about myself because I like I'm, myself. I'm already perfect. I'm perfect and I'm not going to do any of that changing and if there's any changing that's going to happen it's going to be on his end and he better you know live up to my standards or fucking bye-bye. And at the end she was kind of like, "Yeah, I I think I need to be a little more open-minded and I need to So, um Speaking of open-minded. I got to say, it takes balls for these potential matches to go on camera. Yeah. Have their details out there because they're giving us last names and stuff like that. They are. And then like the one that was dating the wedding planner. And then he just fucked off twice. He flaked on her. Oh, God. And then the final one, he flaked on her when he was supposed to come out and meet with her friends. And I'm like, dude, like you're going to (laughs) be... You're going to be blacklisted in your community oh, for yeah. that kind of crap, I, right? I wrote in my notes. I was, of course, I was making notes while we were watching this. Yeah, you have a binder of, of oh, notes. right. Where do we get to the pro and con list? <laughs> and a clipboard. <laughs> and they had gone out like six or seven times. And I wrote, who the fuck ghosts after seven dates? Is this what people do? Well, and especially because like, she's like, I hate ketchup. And he's like, oh my God, me too. I hate ketchup. And they're like, what? <laughs> I've only met two people ever who like, who don't like who ketchup. ketchup. Oh my and God. I'm one of them. And, and you're like, she's like, I found my soulmate. And he was, <laughs> she was crushed when he pulled this crap on her. He did it twice. And, and it was just, it was so lame. And, and it sucks being embarrassed in front of your friends like that. Yeah, when that, like, that. The first one, okay, maybe there was like, all right, it wasn't, okay, that could have happened. But the second one was like, I'm on my way. He doesn't show up. And then, where are you? I'm having an argument with my sister. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. And they're like, what? I know. It's so lame. Yeah. So lame. Yeah. Um. So, what can you talk, what can you say to speak to the criteria lists or just criteria lists in general. Okay. Well, whoever was the like the graphics graphics person that was doing this (laughs) because they would kind of real time 
they would have the person talking and then they would like, but you would just be the audio and they would bring up the graphic of like so-and-so's list. Criteria. Yeah, criteria. And then like must love dogs. And then they, they continue to talk like, but it's okay if they don't like dogs, dot, dot, dot. But it's okay if they don't like dogs. Like it was all like <laughs> definitive statements, but also the opposite is mm. also okay. And and some of them were hilarious. Really? Most of them were quite long. And, and see my auntie w- said it right when she's like, you can't. You're not ordering your life partner off of a menu, right? It's like I'll take number sixty four, hold the onions, and <laughs> like hold the snoring and right. and and flatulence, please. Like, yeah, it doesn't and add work the sense like of that. humor and the yeah, and the, the can't be funnier than me. You know, I need to be the smartest person in the room. Oh yeah, what did like, somebody say? I want her to be charming, but not too charming because I like to be the charming one. Yeah, like this one girl, the 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 the, the, the no fun again one. She she was like. And then, like, we were on a date, and he was, like, talking to the waiter. He does that thing that I hate about people that just talks to people about stuff. Just talks to other people that aren't me. Yeah, like, they have no, they, they have nothing to do with your life. Why are you wasting time talking to them? And all he's doing, like, in the video is, like, him, like, just chatting up the waiter. Like, this is the person They're talking that's, about like, scotch or something. Yeah, like, this is the person that's making your drinks and bringing you your food. Like, if ever there was somebody to be nice to, it's the people that handle your food and drink. And, you know... I. And she I, treated them like servants. I'm a firm believer that you need to be very, you need to pay very close attention to how someone that you're dating treats servers and yeah, bar staff and yeah. any staff anywhere and how they treat them because um, that gives you a very clear picture of the kind of person that they are. And that gave us a good, what a good she snapshot was like. of what she was like, where she was like, why are you talking to that peon? You're... You're on a date with me. Yeah, me. Um, I'm so amazing. And and that held. That opinion kind of played yeah. out throughout the, the whole and series. And she got stung a couple of times because she there was one guy that she went out with and she was like, yeah, he's like he's cute. I like him. And he was like, no. And he's packing his suitcase to leave. <laughs> it's like, I yeah, don't know. I'm uh, all good. No. Yeah, I think um, I'm done. When you are looking at criteria or must-haves or any kind of list... For a potential partner. I really feel like the longer your list, the more you're going to be disappointed and the longer you will be alone. Okay, so when 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 you, you put up your Bumble profile oh boy. and your dating app profiles, and I did the same thing, what was your criteria for the people you would swipe on? I really didn't have any. Like they just had to have kind eyes and I would not be holding a I, dead animal? And, and I am telling you the honest truth here. I had obviously an age range. Yeah, and a distance range. <laughs> and a distance Like you're range. not crossing a border to oh, go. Oh, hell no. Um, but other than that, I would take each profile on its face. And we're going to put up the Art of the Swipe that's coming, that's upcoming pretty yeah, soon. Within Just, the next couple of weeks of this episode, yeah, I think. Yeah, to, to kind of help people muck through that quagmire. Now, now that... At least in Canada, things are opening up a bit and, yeah, and you can start going on dates to... and things like that yeah. a little easier. I mean, as far as hooking up, like, you know, the CDC in British Columbia has has recommended glory holes, you know, to so that there's no face-to-face contact. But um, <laughs> As you so eloquently commented on uh, on Dan Savage's <laughs> on Savage Twitter. Lovecast Twitter. On his Twitter, yeah, I tweeted yeah. at him because he called that back in March. And, whew, it was, he's prophetic, honestly. So I, and, and, and I don't think a lot of people do this, but I really wanted to take each profile on its face. I either liked 
things about it or there were things that would cause me to swipe right or things that I didn't like about it that caused me to swipe left. And it wasn't like, he has to be over 5'9", he has to have this, he has to have that. There were things that I didn't like, like when, you know, they had their kids in the profile, in their profile pictures, or when they were giving the finger or whatever, you know. Yeah, but like, that's not a criteria thing. That's just, it's a, not, that's just it, a judgment. No, but this is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know, there were things, you know, if you have too many emojis in your, like, but I would just take each one on its face. And there wasn't, there wasn't really, I didn't really have a list of criteria. There were things, I mean, I guess you want people to be active. I wanted somebody active with a sense of humor. Okay. You know, but it was like, but everybody's different. And not everybody translates well on these dating apps either. So I like to think I kind of, I can sort of read between the lines a little bit and and see. But um, as far as, I, and, and I don't have a type either. That's... You know enough totally about... Totally not true. Of course it is. You definitely have a type. I do not. You do. You have a type. Dark and swarthy with a big nose. That's <laughs> that's your type. I married a blonde. <laughs> exactly. So With a small nose. And you know what? That's... Uh, um, but that, that was actually something that I commented when we were watching the show. Not about your ex-husband. But that you and I dating after having... A marriage and having kids mm-hmm. and having an established career right. is very different than these these people in their twenties and early thirties that haven't like their purpose they're for dating. dating to marry they're dating to marry, and it's very yeah. different than just dating to have fun. And for if sure. something happens, cool. Yeah, but you're not like when you get to the point with it where it's with a matchmaker. Every single date you're going on is like. Okay, are we compatible to right. marry? How quickly can we determine that or determine that we're not a good match? But but this is the thing too is that I, you know, sh- and she would say, you need to be flexible. You need to be flexible with your criteria. There are certain deal breakers. Like a lot of them, you know, some of them were like, I don't care if he's the same religion as me. And the other and, ones are like, and other ones are like, it's really important that they're the same religion so that we can understand each other. Or you didn't tell me he was divorced. So I'm yeah. out oh, now. Yeah, like. I was super, yeah. But so I think that in general, the more specific your criterion is, the harder it's going to be for you to find someone. Sometimes you don't know what you want until you see it. Yes. And by having an overly long list of must-haves... You, it's a little too restrictive. You limit the possibility mm-hmm. of serendipity. You you certainly, you make your pool a lot shallower. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, don't ever go diving in a shallow pool. No, you'll give yourself a concussion. That's right. Okay. So next I wanted to dive into, did you see, what were some of the pros and cons that you saw with using a matchmaker? Okay, I'm not going to remember because you've, you've got the list of pros, so I'm going to probably end up stealing a few off of it. That's but fine. I remember that we found way more pros yeah. to using a matchmaker than cons. Mm-hmm. Uh, two that stood out to me were, I already kind of mentioned one, is that you know that if you're going on a date with somebody, they mm-hmm. have the same intention as you. Ultimately, Usually, to- that the one guy that ghosted... She later said, yeah, he turns out he's not ready for marriage. Right. But But in general. In general, you don't go to a matchmaker and pay 
a finder's fee and a, a completion fee or whatever. A commission. A commission. There we go. To if you're not at least entertaining the idea, whereas on traditional dating apps or dating websites, or just dating in general, you you can be on there. People can be on there with a lot of different reasons for what they're hoping from anywhere from just hooking up to getting married and everything in between Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh so that was one of them and i I think that's really i think that's helpful as far as the the disappointment factor yeah that if you both know you're going into this because you're with a goal in mind like i agree with you i think that that was a big pro i'm sure that cuts through a lot of crap with some people right yeah um and then the other thing is that you have people who care about you either because they're related to you or because you're paying them to care about you. <laughs> but you have you have people who care about you that are trying to find a match for you. So th- And why is that better? Well, because they should know you. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to find a successful somebody who's compatible with what they know about you. Now the problem is if you're not honest with the people in your life then they can't really help you. But in general, it's like you ha- it's like you're having your friends, but in this case it's your family who know you really well and who are also trying to satisfy their own desires in the case of like the moms and things like that about, you know, marrying the right class of people. Which we'll get into some of those issues but versus you on your own swiping on the couch on on an app and 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 making decisions that you can't always see the bigger picture of what's going on and and likewise you can't always see the red flags Mm. because you might really be turned on by a certain trait that they have Mm -hmm. and people who are a little bit more removed from that at least emotionally or physically can give you some guidance on on what to do and what not to do well i mean i think on almost every episode, we've invoked ninety day fiance. So I'm just gonna so keep wouldn't that be going. wouldn't be a cheating off your episode if we didn't <laughs> if we didn't talk about ninety day fiance. And and it seems on that show and just in general, people wait a long time before they introduce someone that they're seriously dating or intending on marrying to their friends and families, and that becomes problematic because, like you say, if they're very poor at making choices for themselves or they um they have a, a a rut or a habit of choosing the wrong people then by the time they meet families and friends they're so emotionally invested in that relationship that if friends or family try to say this person isn't really good for you we're seeing things that aren't you or that aren't good like this the one that we're watching now where the chick is marrying that guy from moldova or whatever (laughs) and he's very very traditional super controlling very controlling very clear on traditional gender roles and she's just not that way she's a modern american girl and her her sisters and her friends are like what the fuck like what this is not you but she's like, no, I, you know what? That's what you do when she's you like, marry someone. When you when, when you love someone, you change for them and you and you submit to them. And they're all like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because they're so invested in, yes. in that relationship. And so yeah. this way, a lot of times when you meet one of these potential matches, your families meet all at the same all time. All at the same time. Yeah. So everybody, it's all out in the open. Everybody's meeting, and I think it's uh, personally, I know how nice it is 
when you have met my friends or when you met my family and they were like wow he's a great guy I I like the way you guys are together that's a that's a real push to reinforce your relationship yeah you basically met almost everybody in my life all at once yeah that was fun day (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I survived and so that yes that and that was um I think that was something that reinforced and strengthened our relationship because everybody's response to me just reinforced to you that you had made the right choice. Right. And it was the same thing on my side. And so I think when you do have that, that's a big pro of having someone um, who meets you and understands and also has the wisdom of making hundreds of matches for different families. Right. And having that success rate and knowing what works. And seeing all these, all of these different relationships and talking to so many people, you really get to learn a lot about how people work, right? So, um, so that was a big pro for sure. Um, what were the like? We didn't have very many cons. What were the cons? Well, hang on. There was a couple more pros that I had from a safety perspective for for the women. It was really nice to have somebody vetting these men for safety. So she knew them, she knew their families. So there was some recourse. If something went wrong on a date. You knew who they were. You knew who they were. You had some recourse. And um, that's in a larger community. It's not going to go down well for people if they decided to be dicks. And, And I think from a safety perspective, I liked that idea of somebody who knew this person, knew their family, knew their background, and then I didn't have to go in blind, like, you know, one of the number one killers of women are men. Unfortunately, we are. Yeah. And so I liked, you know, from from a safety perspective that these men were already vetted to a certain degree. Do you think that's why the denim designer kind of freaked out so much? Because not being told that, that her potential match that she really liked was a divorcee, that 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 the fact that the vetting in her mind hadn't been done properly i'll tell you the honest truth i think she used it as a way out i think she had already figured out that she wasn't interested in this process and this wasn't something that she wanted to do any longer and she used that as a way to get out because her sister was kind of like yeah can you believe like yeah i think they played that i think they played that up a little bit and she was like yes he's divorced now i can use this as a way to get the fuck out of this yeah this process is because i don't want to do this yeah i don't want to do this and fair i mean should you have i mean i think for from a western culture point of view somebody being divorced isn't a huge deal but i guess when you're 27 and you've never been married before Maybe that is a big deal. Sounds like a big deal. Maybe you I don't know. know. And and culturally, know. culturally, that's something I guess you want to know. Like the other, the other Sikh girl. Yeah. When her dad saw that one of her potential matches was divorced, he was very interested in what happened with like, his what marriage. the circumstances. Was she were. American? Was she Indian? What happened there? And it said in the bio data that he was divorced and shared custody with his nine-year-old son. And her, and was on good terms with his ex-wife and her partner. Yeah. And you're like, she's a lesbian. Yeah. And you think that's what it was? Yeah. You think she was a lesbian? She just wanted to get a, like a, a beautiful, like mocha skinned baby. I don't and know. then that was it. I don't know. I mean, it said partner, but maybe that's just the way they, they say everybody. Well, they always talked about like adjustments when they moved into the house and stuff. Like they, I think you used euphemisms for a lot of that things. That could be too. That could be too. Um, let me see. I, 
I liked how Seema, like, you know how I was saying before about when you, um, some people don't, some people don't jump off the page really well, mm-hmm. whether it's on dating apps or on these bio datas. And it was nice to have Seema there to, because she had met them and seen That's how her they process. live. She always goes and she, meets them. Yeah. She always goes to their houses. Flies around the world. Sees how they live. And, and I thought that that was nice sometimes that. Sometimes there's things that you can't tell from reading about someone. Right. And so she was there to sort of massage the bio data a little bit and to say, you know, he's like this or she's like this. Or they're lovely or they have, a, they're, I, she kept saying good natured, good natured, good natured. Yeah. And I think that's kind of nice too. It would be nice to have an advocate for yourself to go and go, I know she looks, I know she looks like a fucking bitch, but she's really fun. You know, she just has this resting bitch face in all can of her you, pictures. Can you get her to take better pictures? One guy, one guy was like, "These pictures are too good. I want a natural picture of can, her." Can you send me a casual picture? These were clearly a photo shoot, and I, I'm not interested in that. I again, I think he was just trying to prolong the inevitable. That was the, that was the one that we thought was gay, right? Yes. The jewelry designer. I mean, you don't have to say it like that. Like all jewelry designers are gay. But no, he but just, he just seemed, he just seemed. He was a very creative He type. was way too beautiful, too good of a cook, just not interested at all. He had like zero chemistry with any of the women yeah. that we saw him with. It was just like, wow. And the other one that was super duper picky and like had like staff making his bed all his life. He was like, he was just awkward like he didn't know like i think they had one of the phone calls between him and one of these girls and you were just like oh my god (laughs) so what are you doing i'm talking to you there was a lot of cringy conversations very cringy so tell me about you what do you like i don't know whatever you like like i don't it was yeah it's kind of crazy i've read your bio data like surely you can't ask them about their job or i like dogs yeah Puppies, cuter. (laughs) Puppies, cuter, ugly. Oh, so cute. It's like, I don't like cats. No one likes cats. You don't like cats? You just said you don't like cats. What are you doing now? Still talking to you. And it's like, oh my God. It's like like listening to two 13-year-olds. Like it was so, so brutal. Just brutal. Oh, oh, that's what, that was the other thing I was going to say. The, the super rich guy that we were just talking about. Yeah. He had more chemistry with his cousin, with his female cousin, than he did with any of the yeah, girls. Yeah, that, that looked... That, was, that, that looked, looked a little suspect. Yeah, I'm like, I want to know about that. She's bringing him like brownies at his work and Sneaking stuff. Sneaking him brownies because yeah. his mommy said no brownies, his mommy no says sweets. no dessert for you. <laughs> Until you get married. <laughs> yeah, because my blood pressure is out of control. Yeah. The- <laughs> Can't um, have you getting too pudgy. You brought up a term, adjustment. Yeah. They used... They use that term a lot. You need to get adjusted. You need some adjustment. What what I was think, that a euphemism for? I think we only heard it in the context of the Indian men that were living in India, where it was expected that their new wives would move in. Mm-hmm. And I think the adjustment that the mothers were talking about was the fact that they would have to, quote unquote, adjust to the way that their new mother-in-law runs the household but, and, and what they're ex- how they're expected to act and 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 But and Seema talked about that too about about these stubborn stubborn men and women it's makes it hard to adjust. And yeah. I I think it, it just seemed like 
it was this weird word. I, I, I actually think it was used more with women, with the women than the men. And it was this word adjustment, adjustment, adjustment. And it seemed so, such like such an innocuous word, but it's not innocuous, is mm-hmm. it? It's basically mm-hmm. give up all your shit mm-hmm. and move into his life. I mean, I'm going to give you lots of shiny, pretty things. Right. But yeah, give it up. Okay, so cons. That's one of the cons about the adjustment. Okay. The just the adjustment. What else is on that con list? Um flip flip flip, new no. volume off the shelf, flip 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 flip. Um I think the cons we can talk about them now or we can wait till a little bit later to talk about some of the issues. No, let's talk about the cons now. Okay. With these with these so, marriages, these so arranged marriages. The cons I I would say are also reflect some of the maligned components of this series and where a lot of the backlash comes from. Now, have you, when, when we were doing research for this episode, did you find, uh, like, what were the biggest sorts of things? Well, people and we kind of talked about this too. It was sort of like, a, oh, wow, I'd never heard, that, heard about that before. Because I kind of felt, sorry, before we get on, I know I asked you to tell me cons, but because I know what you're going to say for this next thing. And one of the things that I actually felt really intrigued by this whole process was how you had both, you had both the parents on either side of this marriage mm-hmm. equally as invested in the process. Yes. And it didn't, because one of the criticisms that you had seen was like, you know, they're just shipping women off. But the the parents no. of the brides were were deeply involved in this process. And so I don't feel like that was a fair criticism. That wasn't really. I, there was There was someone that had been interviewed for one of the articles who said, I remember being presented, it was like a bride presentation and then being rejected right. because of her skin color and because of her height. And okay. how crushing that was for her, and watching this show brought, kind of brought back all, all of those, up. all of those, uh, those shitty memories. And so the, I think the larger issue is that it brings to light the the caste system, the the use, the continued use of the caste system, right? And skin color, and height, to separate people. What's that face? Well, because I feel like those issues that you're mentioning are related more specifically to arranged marriages as a whole and less to matchmakers in that space. Because if Sima Auntie had two people and one of them wants a particular skin color, particular height, particular caste, particular religion, she's not going to introduce that person to somebody that... that is all of those criteria that they don't want. But I think the issue is that if... I think the issue is that especially... It, it's not enough that you're Indian. You have to be the right kind of you Indian. You have to be the right kind of Indian. You have to be the right shade, and you have to be from the right area. And you can't have be to from be South right, America. You have to be the right caste, and you have to be the right... And this is the issue. I understand that she's just doing what her clients are asking for, but... The idea that, you know, if you are, as one of the clients were from Guyana, she was having trouble finding an Indian guy because they were all like, oh, you're from Guyana? Like, I was from India like 200 years ago. Yeah. And so 
the issues and this and this is what comes up in the this distasteful mirroring of what's going on in 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 these cultures still is that you know it's not just about it doesn't matter if you're cultured and educated and you have an a, a, a successful career if you're the wrong height and skin color and caste and religion you're not suitable right for a lot of these wealthier families so that I think the spotlight on that is one of the cons of like because if you just met someone and you were like I I really enjoy this person I love this person I don't care how light of an Indian they are or what right yeah but but that's it I think it's it I think it's just shining a spotlight on how those those things are still very much at play and that's I mean okay but you can't be I don't think you can be shitty to see my auntie because she's working within that no, system. No, no, not, she, she's not trying to I'm change not, that system. I'm not system. trying to be shitty. No, no, no. I, know, I, I, I get that this, you're playing devil's I'm advocate. I'm saying that you're asking me what the cons are. And I'm saying that it it gets it reinforces these these systems because you ha- because families are saying, we want this and this and this and this and this and go find it. And I'm not saying it's Seema's fault. And I'm not... I'm not saying she's a shitty person for finding people what they want. I'm saying that this way of doing things, like if you were just to go out yourself and try and find, like. But that 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 person who was interviewed and said like it's it's triggering me with all these memories. Mm-hmm. I don't think if she, if her family had used a matchmaker like on the show, she would have been paraded and dis- and and then put up with that disappointment because all the characteristics that she didn't have that clearly made her not chosen, like. She wouldn't have been. I understand, okay. but I, I'm just saying that I, I'm saying that th- those are the cons. Is that people people see you on a piece of paper and go, eh, right? It's it's a resume for a human being. But that's, and if you if it's not, but that's what. But that's dating. It is whether you're swiping but, on Bumble or Tinder, or you have a matchmaker with a bio data sheet. It's it's still people are judging the book by its cover. I get at it. First, I get it. But if but if I said to you, yeah, he's cute, but you know he's a little too olive for me. Really? Like, are are we not past that? I don't know if we can as like I don't know if we can accurately reflect that experience. Okay, but I'm just saying that I, I'm saying that these are the criticisms okay. that 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 are coming up is cast color skin color and religion right also the gender roles that are expected in these in these kinds of arrangements um it seemed like those those roles were very clearly defined there was only one i think um what was his name shaker right he he was very um liberal very progressive saying he he wanted he wanted a strong independent woman who had their own career, somebody, a, a, a positive female role model for his future children. Right. He was the only one that was kind of like, this is what I, th- you know, this is what I would like. Uh, you know, the the one girl when she said, you know, I, I would like to do my own thing and have my own career. And the really rich one was like, oh no, like who's going to like make my bed and shit? Like, <laughs> oh, staff, dude. you know, staff. like, you know, what if, what if mommy's out of town? Like what, uh, what happens then? Um, Freud would have a field day 
with these mother-son relationships. Ugh, they're so incestuous adjacent. Like they're just... I don't know how many times they would say something and and our response would just be gross. 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 (laughs) Just disgusting. I also think that um, there can be pressure. The, The other con that I saw... If there is someone that the the girl or the boy, as they referred to them, all unmarried men and women are referred to as girls, girls and, boys. and boys. If there was someone that they were interested in and their family didn't approve, you basically, they never met. No. And I think sometimes that's that's hard and frustrating and makes you feel like you're not in control of your own life. And I think that that's... Um, but, but I also think that that can be... A pressure in love marriages too, where you get to be a certain age and your your family just goes, yeah, when are you gonna settle down and find somebody? And it's like, where's my fucking matchmaker? I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, get Karen the matchmaker to don't get meet Karen somebody. to do anything except <laughs> complain to the manager. Uh, so one thing that I noticed on the show was. He's smiling at me. One thing I noticed at the show was that you had to pick out what you were going to do with these people. Like any kind of date. Except a lot of these dates you go from like the families you'd meet and it's like, okay, no red flags here. Go have coffee or something. And there were a couple of the dates that I was like, this is a bad idea. (laughs) But one of the dates... One of the dates I still think was a bad idea, although the there were the, some good dating tips that we pulled out yeah, of the show. It was like that's a good idea, and ooh, that's bad. The Don't intent, that. like the intent, was good. Okay, so one of the dates, the the male suitor took the woman axe throwing. <laughs> yeah, because in his mind, she seemed like she was the kind of person who was competitive. And wanted to excel, so he wanted to choose something that was also kind of competitive, but not antagonistic. That was what he said. He also said he didn't feel like sitting across a dinner table with someone he didn't know. He yeah. thought that would be awkward. I mean, so they felt he felt it was a better idea to do something active. And they were a bad match from the beginning, though. No, they were. Because yeah. she's super, like, like... Although she hates her job, she's super motivated, and he's... I, sorry, just that you bring that up. Yeah. I just want to say, hating your job, like really hating your job, is probably one of the most unattractive traits somebody can have. Like if all they do is bitch and moan and talk about how much they hate their job, it's just like, wow. And then she gave this guy shit because he didn't have a career yet. It's he like, did. Well... He was she an didn't, author. She didn't think it was a real career. Like, no. Like, oh, you know enough about things that people pay you to talk about it? Like, because he was a podcaster and, and yeah. stuff. And Well, she was, I mean, she was just condescending. She was just miserable. She was just miserable she in is general. Not, she would not be fun to date. But what, but, but I, didn't you think that that axe throwing date was a good idea? I don't know if I would go axe throwing, but, but I would take but the, the philosophy but behind it. But the spirit it. of yeah, it, yeah, where you yeah. do something that's kind of, Kind of competitive, active, but not super like high stakes. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Shooting pool would probably not be a great option because no? one of you is the winner and one of you is the loser. Oh, right. Right. But, oh, with axe throwing. But don't like, aren't you just bad at it? Or, yeah. Or not bad at it? Yeah. I mean, if you throw like she did and never got it to stick in the wood. She did at the end. The last The one. very last throw. Yeah. She redeemed herself. But but that's the kind of thing like... I see what you mean. Yeah, it's anything like, where you're competing against the other I person... See, I see, yeah. I think could go poorly if 
that person is super competitive. I had somebody take me to a firing range on a first date. You did? Yeah. You've never told me this. I did. No? Okay, I need to know who this is. That's when off I started. That's, that's 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 when I started wanting to shoot. I, I was this like, this is before. I, you... Yeah, that that was the impetus okay. for me getting my right. firearms license. Was okay. that I was Make like, it... this is the coolest idea ever. Make a note on that. I need to talk to you about this. Okay, off all, air. all right. Well, I just thought. I mean, it's not really competitive, but it is active, and it's something completely different. And um, it it was it was super cool. Nothing says. Hey, don't worry. I'm. I can totally kill you, but I won't. Like taking somebody to a gun range. They didn't have a pal either. They didn't have a license either. It was just a. You could just. Oh, you just go and you sign out. Yeah. Okay. We had to have a little safety meeting, and then there's a a a range officer with you the whole time. Okay. Yeah, but it it was the impetus for me to go and get my license and get my own firearm. Okay. All right. Mm Hmm. Hmm. All right. What other tips? Oh, um, drinking on a day date. See, I have the benefit, we talked about this, where I'm always like, I, whenever I'm at a restaurant or something where drinks are an offer, on offer, I always wait to see what the other person is going to order to set the tone, like mm-hmm. if it's a business meeting or whatever, right? Right. Um, and so you're if they like, order a cocktail, you'll order a cocktail right. or beer or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're like, I'm a woman, and so I usually get to order first, mm-hmm. and so I get to set the tone. Right. And yeah, because there was this awkward scene where she ordered a mimosa and then the other guy's like, I'll just have an orange juice. Yeah, I don't drink. You're like, okay. And and so I I think if I was going to meet someone during the day as a first date, I wouldn't order alcohol. Until what time? Dinner. Like after five? Yeah, like if we were going going for dinner or obviously for drinks, that implies you're going to have a drink, but... If if I was meeting somebody for brunch, like it was in this case, I don't think that I would order alcohol. Just, yeah, okay. You know, like I just I, mean, yeah. I don't think that I would. Um, it was a good idea. They seemed to have short, finite amounts of yeah. time. Just hey, let's have a meal or a drink, and nice to meet you, and see you later. Right? And it's like, like my car's parked over here. All right, see ya. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That kind of bothered me. Walker to her car. You, yeah. Not to get a kiss or anything, but just to be chivalrous, you know? Yeah, and to keep her... chivalry's not dead. It's just on life support. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I would have in that scenario, because she drove to New York. She wasn't from New York. Right. She was from New Jersey. She's from Jersey. Yeah. I, I would have been like, "Where? oh, you're parked over here? Here, look, let me just walk you to your car, and then I'll I'll jet off to my and car. And that's kind of why thing. I would always take an Uber on my dates. That's right, because like, the car no, comes to safe. me. I'm all set. Thanks so much. Bye-bye yeah. now. Yeah. Um. Oh, and, and just just talking about the drinking again if you are going to have a drink two at the very most very most don't have any more than two drinks because you get sloppy or because it shows poor judgment both i mean for me if i had three drinks in an evening i'd probably be in the hospital because i'm a little bit of a lightweight but what i would be kind of that's a lot is it yeah okay Depends on what I'm drinking, but three glasses of wine, I'd be like, Ugh. like, right. I had a half a glass of wine at lunchtime today, and I was. I Good to, thing we walked it off with gelato. <laughs> we had to walk it off. Um, so and 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 for men, if like for whoever I'm on that date with, if you have more than two drinks, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, what about what? like if you order doubles? Is that a no, is that a problem? Don't do that. Okay. No. Don't 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 do that. Okay. No. Um. What was the other thing? 
I liked um I liked how the one lady that was on the date when the bill came, she went for her wallet and said, you know what, let's split it. And he's like, no, no, I, I got this. And she was like, okay. So she was gracious both ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think everybody should always go for their wallet. Everybody should be going for their wallet, especially right. if everybody has a job and it's not the 1840s. Everybody should be going for their wallet. Why are you smiling at me like that? Because I'm like, it's like a game of chicken. Like everybody goes for their wallet. And it's like, no, I, I got, are you sure? Uh uh, 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 it doesn't have to be awkward. I think I think in that it was pretty smooth. She was like, "We can split this," and he said, "No, no, I've got this." And she said, "Okay, thank you." Yeah. I mean, I I think that that was about as smooth as it's gonna go. Yeah. Um. With the um with the axe throwing one, part of confidence is like, if you suck at something, be a good sport about it. Yeah. And own it. Own your suckage. Because, like, why do you have to be great at everything? Why do you have to win at everything? You don't. And just being good-natured about stuff is a good thing. Don't you think? Yeah. That's tough, though. If your partner is, like, constantly succeeding at it and you're constantly failing at it. It's a first date. I know. I think if I was that guy and my partner was, like, after, like, I don't know, the 10th throw of her not making it, maybe we would wrap it up move to something else and okay. have a super, super awkward plastic like cup wine. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> afterwards move to the drinking game. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, how do you feel about sharing food on a first date? Pre COVID or, you, or now? A, are you a Joe? Are you a Joey Tribbiani or are you Joey doesn't share food? Okay. So I, let's pretend everyone doesn't have COVID. Okay. Well, most people don't have COVID, but right. I, in Canada, I'm very okay with sharing a bite of my food. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay with like, I'm going to order fries. Do you want fries? No. And then you proceed to eat all my fries. Like, <laughs> if you, Have people done that to Well, you? no. Just when I order something, I want the thing that I ordered. So I want to <laughs> eat most of it. I, I, saw, I saw a little uh, like That's a meme or something of, the other day. Meme, the, yeah. the, the cheese and crackers meme. Yeah. Where the husband makes cheese and crackers and the wife goes to take one she's, and the husband's like, I've made the exact amount of crackers and cheese that I want. That's how yeah, I... Yeah, but f- I just want the exact amount. <laughs> See, that's how I feel about food. Okay, like, that's you, what I'm you are, you are open to having a taste, especially if this is something delicious because I think there is something very sweet and intimate about like not in a gross like feeding you way but being like here try this and like yeah you gently place some food in their mouth and mm. they go mm, this is amazing right <laughs> like and they go oh yeah isn't it oh wow right um not like just shoving like brownies in your mouth or something like yeah. that um so i would i would share food but i'm not splitting it with you unless we've decided ahead of time that we're going to be splitting it right like we did today. Yeah, like we we ordered two different. We were at this cute little pizza restaurant, and we ordered we ordered two, two different pizzas, and we and they were cut into six slices, and we had three slices of each pizza basically, and that was that was totally cool. Yeah. And then I got all the crusts. <laughs> yes. So I had six slices of pizza and crust from three more slices, <laughs> four more slices. Yum. I don't. It's too much bread. Uh, it's never. There is no such thing as too much bread for you. But no. Um. Being negative is never ever a good thing. Oh no! You hate. No your one enjoys no negative people. No. Unless you are super negative, and then you both need counseling. Like, 
I don't understand why people would think, oh my God, this person's amazing when you're just like, oh, that's stupid and that was horrible and what an awful experience that was. And <laughs> I know the one you're talking about in this show. And she, I mean, she's kind of made up to be the villain in the show because every show has to have one, but when, she was help. She wasn't doing herself any favors. What was that? What did the that. first date ask her? Like he said, "What would you do for uh, a, on a relaxing ten day vacation?" And she was like, "Why did you have to put the word relaxing in the in front of it?" And what's like, wrong with you that you and, need ten and, days? Well, he and he goes and he goes. Well, I don't know. I'm just seeing if you can relax. Like on a and she was like, "I hate beaches. First of all, like I just hate them. And like, what's wrong with your life that you need to relax for ten days anyway?" And he was just like, "Wow." Yeah, like it was just. You're fun. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to get to know more about you. I've actually this next one, I've actually had happen to me, and it was the most vagina drying question I've ever been asked. Uh, so on this a date. is so this is not a pro tip. This is a don't do this. This is a please don't ever do this. <laughs> please don't ever lean across the table at any point during the date and go. I love this story. How am I doing? And you're like, pardon? <laughs> how am I doing? Like they want a report card right then and there of how they are doing. It's a cringy question. Even if you were doing okay, just asking that question has cast you into the abyss <laughs> of first date epic failures. It, it's funny when we talk about people dates I we've had or people, well, you- people that either of us have dated in the past, we don't. We rarely use their actual names. We we call them something. <laughs> we call- and and this and this guy is how am I doing, guy? That yes, that's right. Because that, that's how you call. That's what I. That's what because we call that him. was that was the first in a series of things that went bad on this day. Oh, it was terrible. Because there was that, and then what was the food situation on on that day? Oh. Um- I said, are you going to order some food? And he's like, no, no, I'm not really hungry. I've already had dinner. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to order a dip then because I was under the impression we were eating. And so I ordered a dip and the waitress, the server brought it and said, are we sharing the dip today? And I was like, oh, no, no, no that's mine. You can just put that right here. Yeah, because this guy doesn't want any. <laughs> and then and then didn't you ask him how, because well, at this point your date, you knew the then date Then I was, was done. As soon, yeah. as, he, as soon as he said, how, how am I doing? I was like, pretty good it looks like you've put some thought into your outfit and I'm out. yeah i'm out and um i think i waited and then i was just like now i'm just gonna fuck with this guy and I, I think about 45 minutes later i was like so how am i doing and he was like oh my god amazing you're really pretty you look just like your pictures <laughs> i was like wow i'm thank you for that and how did the date end uh he walked me to my car um did he have a boat he had a car he what? had a truck okay but he said that he wasn't going to be driving the truck very long because he was about to surrender his license for six months from a DUI that he had tried to fight and then lost. But not to fear, he had a boat that he could sail up near you, sail up near me, and and dock, <laughs> where I could come down and visit him on the boat. Oh. And I was like, hmm, okay. Sure. On and his then, floating bedroom, and like then he you asked for, and then he asked for a hug, and I was like, "Sure, bring it in." And we gave a little poundy, you know, footbally type hug, and that was the last. Pound the back saw hug. Him. Yeah, pound the back hug. And you never, you never heard from this guy again. Oh, I heard from him. I just never saw him again. <laughs> I told him, I, I, you know, said thank you for the, 
for the for the evening, but I didn't think that it was going to work out. So don't be like, how am I doing, guy? No. And ask how you're doing whilst on the date. No. Don't Bad ever, idea. ever, ever do that. Um, what was, was there anything else? Oh, never think of dates as time or energy or makeup wasted. Don't don't think of them like that. I find too many people are like, well, that was another fucking night wasted. Well, that was another two hours. I'm never going to get back. Well, that, you know, I think it's, I think that again, and this is another one of the problems with having these long detailed lists of must-haves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's nice to just meet new people. And even if you're not going to date them or marry them, you know, I'm I'm friends with quite a few people that I've dated once or twice and we realized that we weren't a match and we're but but they're still really nice people and you can still learn things and have enjoyable times with people just be just even though you're not going to date them so and and you may learn something that you didn't know before about other people or about yourself and and people i feel and again i think it's down that vein of negativity where it's the way you look at at stuff and if you think of every date that doesn't end up in a proposal as a failure or a waste of your time. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Yeah. And a lot of expectation. Yeah. And when people go, I don't have any expectations. And then, oh, but they didn't meet my expectations. <laughs> I thought you didn't have any expectations. Oh, I was so disappointed. Well. Which you, is it? Which is it? And, and that, you must love dogs. But it's okay if you don't. Um, <sighs> so, Yeah. So those were like there were some there were some good there were some good dating tips in there you know just things even in if the general, dates weren't successful even if the dates weren't yeah. successful there were some good things um, being bold and asking for somebody's number can I have your number and then you hand over your phone with it yeah. already open and the person's name in I the was field so conflicted and, about that guy were you well because this is the guy well, that he ended was up a dick later, this but. is the guy that ended up ghosting the wedding planner in front of her friends but after the whole like. Oh my god! You don't like ketchup? I don't like ketchup. Think the date was going super cute. The 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 chat came and that was super smooth. And then he's like, "Hey, I'd like to call you again. Can I have your number?" And literally, as he's saying that, he's pulling his phone out of his pocket mm-hmm. and handing it to her. Contact page open. Yeah. Punch it in, kind of thing. Yeah, right? I thought that was kind of smooth. Yeah, that was. That I mean, was, that was pretty smooth. I guess he was a little bit of a fuckboy. He but... knew. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm making notes. In case I ever have to date again, <laughs> I don't know. On my own, just don't ask people how they how you're doing. How am I doing? Is a bad idea. Um, Did you have anything you wanted to? Were there any issues that you saw that you wanted to address? Anything that you thought? You know what? This this is really problematic that this is still happening. Or no, I mean, I feel like the people behind the documentary also are involved in Queer Eye. Because it was shot very similarly. It did look... It was very sleek. It was super smooth, super slick. Uh, The stereotypes that you constantly hear about India being like really crowded and dirty and just lots of people and stuff. It was probably the people they were following, but they... You got... A different, or I like got a, a different kind like a of impression. Video for- yeah, I mean, it made Mumbai look awesome, and mm-hmm. I'm sure Mumbai is awesome. I've never been, but but the people that I know that have been there have not given me 
lots of reasons to want to go. Indian cousin. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, don't go there. No, it's. <laughs> I mean, and, and the Canadian comedian Russell Peters talks about that. How he's an Indo-Canadian, and you know, he was so excited to go back to India for the first time, and he's like, I'm getting like, I'm so fucking Indian. And then the door opened, and it was this wave. Uh, the smell of like shit and garbage and everything and he's like nope i'm fucking canadian i'm getting back on this plane like i'm not not doing this right and and, but i did say to you like i i am so enthralled with the beauty and the the like the indian culture i mean i've long been a, a fan of indian food and you were saying like we need to we need to you know, we need to go to one of. Uh, we need to go to a. Cousin, we need to go to a Hindu wedding. A Hindu man. wedding and like get all dressed up and just. Sorry. It just it looks phenomenal and the like, pageantry. I couldn't. I couldn't stay still with the music. Like in you between were, the you scenes, you were bopping in your was, in oh your God, seat. I was, I was doing the light bulb turns and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I learned that from Tan. But um, white people tips for Hindu weddings. Yeah, I I was just I, I find their culture. I mean, the beauty of it is just. It's Stunning. an old culture. It's an old culture, and it's it's gorgeous. It's really and 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 the the traditions that they have are quite lovely. And yeah, I was just kind of blown away by. And I I think I mentioned to you like Crazy Rich Asians is like an over the top like it's a great movie. And this this looked like Crazy Rich Indians yeah. to me. You know, yeah, it was it that was, same kind of. It was like the it, sequel, but in India. But in India, and yeah. like everything was like these just this like explosion of color and sparkly things and music and food and yeah it was just kind of um just a couple of things that i noticed um there were a couple of terms that they that they used and would define for you so the one that really jumped out at me was uh chalu mm-hmm. which which they helpfully define they hopefully helpfully define and it meant characterless immoral and it was used to sort of speak to the idea that independent women are viewed with suspicion right and that it doesn't it doesn't matter how hard they work to sort of break out of those traditional gender roles that that old the the, that old paradigm seems to pull them back into that again where it's like you can only be trusted if you come back to your role that God intended as a wife and a mother and the head of the family and right a good daughter-in-law and a good right so that was something that kind of uh it's it's hard it's hard to watch them struggle with all that because these are and and the men too I think sometimes the men just want to enjoy their lives too one of them was like 25 and that was the one getting a ton of pressure from his so mom. much pressure yeah. and it's like you know, you have you have time. You have time. Um, it seems like uh, Seema said something like, "Marriages break like biscuits these days." Now in India, yeah. And she said, and uh, but and the one divorcee, divorced woman that they had, the Sikh girl, she said, you know, it made her her divorce made her feel like a failure. Right. Even though the reason it ended was because of infidelity on on the husband's on part. the husband's part. Yeah. And that made me really sad. To think that she's beating herself up about it. Yeah, like that 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 a a relationship ending is because you're a failure as a human being. Yeah, and and that's I find that really problematic and sad. Um, and so, and just kind of looking at like love marriages versus 
arranged marriages, which um, Seema was quick to point out in India, there are only two kinds of marriage. There is marriage and then there's love marriage. Mm-hmm. Because I, what, what was it, 90%? We, the stats were weird that were we found. Weird. But it seems to be whatever stat you look at, marriages that have been arranged in India end in divorce less than love marriages. Yes. Percentage-wise. However, far more marriages are arranged in India Yes. Than our love marriages. 90%. Upwards of 90%. So while the range. percentage might be lower, the real number of... Yeah, it was really, really difficult to tease yeah. out. Um, I, I saw in a couple of places that the, the love marriage divorce rate is upwards of 40-50%. Forty, and then there were other places that said that was grossly overblown. Right. And that's an out-of-date statistic. But, but I had a hard time finding finding real statistics but if love marriages only make up like 10 percent of the marriages the number of people getting divorced is going to be lower but in the states there are a lot like in the western world they're a lot higher but but you know they were also saying that a lot of millennials who are sort of marriage age now Mm -hmm. fewer of them are getting married more of them are cohabitating and they're waiting a little bit longer or until they're a little bit older and more stable financially and and um, professionally before they get married. So the divorce rate has gone down um, with this millennial generation, but it's not necessarily because their marriages are lasting longer. It's because the marriage rate is dropping too. Yeah, right, they're just not getting married. They're just not getting married. Um, so before, so my question with the arranged marriage, and I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. Because a lot of times these people don't know each other very well. I To, to talk about 90 Day again, um, they've often spent very little time with their husband or wife-to-be. And if they bring them over to the U.S., they have 90 days. And everybody loses their fucking mind saying, there's no way that you could be able to know somebody in 90 days, know them well enough to get married. And yet, in these arranged marriages, sometimes they meet two or three times, maybe they meet once with the arranged marriages of these millennials' parents. They didn't meet until the day of the wedding. Yeah. And, you you know, you could meet a potential husband or wife and be married within a couple of weeks. So my question to you is, do you think that any two people can fall in love if they spend enough time together? And if they are both committed to being a couple... And making that commitment to be a married couple, to have a family, to to bring those two families together, and do you do you think that love is a part of most or all of those marriages? I think, and they interviewed once we got a few episodes in. The kind of pre-roll for the show was like interviewing people who had been in arranged marriages and were still married thirty, forty, fifty years later. And overwhelmingly, this it looks like the the key to a successful long term marriage with them is the man just shuts up and lets the woman just do all the talking about everything. And yeah, all the, the, the one the one wife was like, he stopped talking a long time ago, and I just answer my own questions. I just now. talk into the ether. Yeah, um, and he's like, it's safer that way. I think two people can learn to live together, and. Uh, parent and run a household but I think there is going I think there has to be a certain amount of chemistry 
for a romantic love to develop. You can have like a companion love. So you think a lot of these marriages end up being companion marriages? I think so. I, I mean, I, I have no inside knowledge on this, right? But my feeling is, and in some cases, they, they're they like, no, I learned to love him. I didn't realize how great of a, of a person this person was going to end up being. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. But I don't think that that, that is the default and i i feel like there is this story that is told like don't don't worry about love it will come later Mm -hmm. you know this is you guys match astrologically and and you know culturally and cast wise and all these kinds of things so you're a good marriage match and don't worry you'll fall in love with your partner later i don't think romantic love is guaranteed without some kind of chemistry to spark it Mm mm-hmm that's my opinion. What's your opinion on it? Well, uh, there's a couple of things. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that one of the reasons that d- the divorce rate is lower with arranged marriages, partly because there's a cultural pressure mm. to stay together. But I also think because love marriages, um, you know, that that sort of romantic love that initial rush of endorphins that new relationship energy whatever you want to call it does wear off it's fleeting yes and once the bloom is off the rose i think a lot of people in love marriages get very disillusioned because in western culture we get sold this bill of goods of what love is and that you have the one Right. And when things start to change with that one, you think, this is the wrong one. And I need to discard this relationship and move forward so I can find the one where I'm going to have this feeling forever. And I think it's a lie that a lot of us think, well, all we have to do is find the right one. And this feeling that I have is going to last forever. Right. And the reality is that's just not how it works because love is like a fuck up in your brain. Right, like it's just so you're it's an, saying it's an it's it's an alteration in your brain chemistry. I do believe that if I think you and I got lucky because we have both. Right, we had that initial spark. We're attracted to each other. We have that chemistry, that connection, that compatibility in a lot of different ways. But I think we also have a deeper compatibility and a deeper admiration and respect for each other as people but i think a lot a lot of people a lot of couples and especially ones that split have one or the other they don't have both right and i also think that companionate marriages get a little bit of a of a bum rap right especially if you're going to look at alternative relationship models which i understand in some cultures that's not even an option i don't i don't know however having said that that, i see a lot of indian couples on field see i don't i do i see tons they're all looking for women that's why they're all (laughs) looking for unicorns but so i i and and the new york times a few years ago put out um these 36 questions to fall in love and they would they would have two strangers sit down. God, I remember these questions. And no, you don't because you haven't done it with me yet. Didn't we do it? No, you wouldn't do it. Remember we were in the airport and you're like, I I can't do this. And right then now. I think you proceeded to give no, me I all those No, questions. I didn't. I didn't. I respected. Oh, we need to do that. Okay, after this ends, we're going to do it. <laughs> 36 questions by the New York Times. Pour another beer. Yeah. And the, uh, um, and, um, 
the assertion was that if you sat down with a stranger and asked these 36 questions, by the end of that process, you would be in love with each other. I swear to God we did this. No. Okay. Sorry, God. Maybe it was your last girlfriend. No, it was not. (laughs) How did that turn out? I'm so excited now to do this. Oh, man. I'm going to make some more popcorn. No. So... So I think um, I think it's an interesting question. If you have two people that are compatible in some fundamental ways, like their intention in a relationship, mm-hmm. what are you here for? Are you here to, you know, get married and start a family? Are you just here to have a girlfriend to have some fun with? But if they if they are compatible in fundamental ways and they get to know each other as people and they've already made a commitment, then I I think that I always think of like the desert island experiment. Like if you were if you were stranded with some woman, any woman, on a desert island, and it was only the two of you, I feel like the two like those two people would fall in love. <laughs> it's I either her or the volleyball. I, That's it. I That's... think I think a, a penis is falling in a vagina. If well, yes. if there are only if you're stuck on a desert island like that, I don't know how much burning passion would be there. There's lots of movies about that kind of stuff, right? Where yeah, Blue Lagoon was the was the was the big one, right? Was it? I never saw that movie. You didn't. You haven't seen Blue Lagoon. No, no. Oh, what's the? There's the, two, aren't they? Isn't there? Isn't there like a, a new? Yeah, one? but forget the new one. The, oh, okay. the original one had like Brooke like, Shields, was, I it think, was like in, in the seventies, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and there Chris, were like a couple for Adkins or somebody. No, I can't remember. Okay, I'm gonna put it in the show okay. notes. So, um, I just want to wrap up here and yeah. ask you. I know you're looking up Blue Lagoon right now. I, no, I, don't worry. It's gonna be in the show notes. Okay. Any of the things we love. I want to ask you, what do you think? That I shouldn't even ask you this question because I know what your answer is going to be. So I'm going to ask you an open-ended question, not a yes or no question. Give me a yes or no question. Do you think that marriage is obsolete? <laughs> no, B, I don't think marriage is obsolete. And one of these days you will see that as well and we will be married. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> yes, we will. You know how I feel about that. What do you- I don't think, I don't think, and you know what? I'm not, there's nothing I can do to change society. There are certain benefits afforded to married people that are not afforded to single people. Which I don't think is right. I don't think that that's right either. But you know what? I can't change the system. That's I'm just going to play within it. That's not, no, that's... it's not forced marriage by the state. Why? Nobody's forcing you to do it. But if but you do it, you get a tax people, why break. Should, yeah, but why should that be? Why as a single person do I not get a break? It's like, you know, it's like, it's like when, when You're... a cell phone company has hey, brand new customers get this deal. And I've been with my cell phone company for 15 years and I go, hey, can I get that deal? And they go, no, you're, you, you're an existing customer. And you go, why the fuck? So th- you leave person- and then you come back. You're looking at this all wrong. No, I'm not. You know, what, you know what's happening? Okay, let's just take taxes really briefly. Right now, if you're not <laughs> married, you pay single person tax rate yeah. and I pay single person tax rate. Right. Fuck the state and their forced marriage. We'll get married and now we'll pay less taxes. There but, you go. Boom, should, mic drop. But that shouldn't be how it is. But it is how it is. But that shit ain't right. So we're just going to not get married in protest? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so, what, the, so the question the question is where does marriage go from here? Do you think that there is something to be learned from 
the matchmaker model or the arranged marriage model, do you think that we need to start looking more at involving people that care about us in the choices of our mates? Do you you think we're doing something wrong? Do you think we're doing marriage wrong? I think with the wealth of options available to people right now and the constant belief that something better is just a swipe away. You're talking about the paradox of choice. Yeah, I think that the fact that there is so much choice is actually making people less satisfied. It paralyzes people also, where they can't make a commitment. So this matchmaker model where somebody says, there are all these people out here, I've picked three, now you pick one. Right. You can go to the other two, but you got to go through this one first Mm -hmm. and say yes or no. And if it's no, then you can move on. Mm -hmm. I think that that helps deal with that issue of the paradox of choice. Mm -hmm. So I think that there is something, and there are some... There's a few TLC shows like Millionaire Matchmaker and stuff like that where they work with just super wealthy clients mm-hmm. and who are just too wealthy and too busy to date and stuff like that. And I know that there is like there's like a celebrity Tinder. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's like a there's a, a Tinder like sort of swiping dating app that is only for people who are super famous or super rich or something like that. Um, so so there there is I think there is a place at least in a modern relationship where you have a vetting process or a curation process because there's so much choice in everything in our lives there's so much choice out there there is a value to having a curation aspect to it and you see that in music now the way music apps are news and magazine apps there's a curation you know you pay a fee and that fee is not for subscription so much but more for the curation of experts to take all of the options that are out there and bring it to you know here is a playlist or here is Mm -hmm. the best selection of articles from today or whatever it ends up being or here are the best potential love matches based on the criteria that you've set out right so yeah i do think that that i think there is there is something to do with that i i I think that's a great point that I think the the proliferation of dating apps has given people too many choices and people think that you're right there's always something better out there so they're not they're not more likely to work on differences or give people a fair chance because they think oh I don't have to do well, I don't need this. to worry about it because there's a thousand other people that I can swipe on but I I also I am I'm, I'm very curious about how we do marriage and what it's actually for. And if you if you start to merge the idea of companionate marriages and non-traditional relationships, mm-hmm. then I think if if the if the reason we get married is to create stable families and and um, create that stable family for children, then, but if if so many of those marriages are ending because they're love marriages and they're romantic love based, and which tends to make them more explosive when they end, that maybe we need to start thinking about marriage in a different way. That if there were more sort of peaceful, respectful, friendship based, companionate marriages with allowances for people to, um, experience other other people physically or have other you know relationships while keeping the main relationship 
viable? Why are you gesturing towards me? Because you've just described something from our favorite cartoon. <laughs> What's our favorite cartoon? Oh, it's absolutely Rick and Morty. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, all right. When Jerry's parents come to visit. Oh, my God. And they have, like, they bring a guest. Jacob. Jacob. And, and Jacob basically fucks Jerry's mom. Jacob is Jerry's mom's lover. Yeah. While Jerry's dad watches from the closet wearing a Superman costume and films it and films it occasionally. Yeah. So I, you know, and like, but that's it. Companionate marriage with, with having those sexual desires. Yes. Yeah. Where you don't worry about the chemistry. You don't worry about the chemistry or the sexual compatibility of the married couple because that doesn't, that isn't an issue anymore. And I understand that's a pie in the sky kind of, but there are people that are doing this, I think. And I'm very curious as to what would happen to the divorce rate if that was more of a mainstream, acceptable model. I think how divor- to 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 of how to conduct a multi-decade union. I think the divorce rate would go way down if people could stay married, but also stay sane. Yeah, stay sane, as Uncle Dan says. But like, stay married and find ways to. Um, go outside of the marriage to find them there to meet needs that aren't being met inside the marriage Mm -hmm. because that's a lot of pressure on one person to be everything all of your needs yeah and i mean i don't we don't need to do a whole other podcast on that we i'm sure i'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about non-traditional relationships either we've already done two episodes on that i'm sure are are we going to talk about marriage again (laughs) maybe after i take those 36 questions that'll be Oh, yes. Well, you know, yeah, if the next time you hear from us, I'm married, it's because those 36 questions went really, really well. So stay tuned for that. All right. If you're curious about that before, there are places that you can get a hold of us. So you can visit our website at cheatingonfear.com. You can send us an email at at info at cheatingonfear.com. We have a Patreon page. patreon.com forward slash cheating on fear and you can find us on twitter and instagram at cheating on fear that's all the ways to get in touch with us yeah and we would love to hear from you yes please and uh however you subscribe to the podcast i leave a review that helps it always helps yeah however you get your podcast and uh and feedback is always great we want to do a mailbag episode yeah, that, that's going to be coming up soon. Answer some some burning questions that you guys have out there. Perfect. Thanks, B. Thank you. All right, see you guys. Bye.